The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Steel Hoof Deluxe, the new hoof strengthening supplement from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. A common misconception is that Steel Hoof Deluxe is just for ungulates. Not so, Daddy-O. Mix a tablespoon of Steel Hoof into your weekly stroganoff, and before long, you'll have stronger teeth, nails, hair, bones, sinews, and an iron will. For 10% off your order, you know what to do. Hello, and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine, brought to you by Steel Hoof Deluxe. This month, we listened to something rather strange that came through on the Beef and Dairy answer phone. But first, it's time for our big interview with Eli Roberts, formerly of Roberts Slaughterhouse. After a revealing interview that he gave to this podcast last year, his slaughterhouse was shut down by the Food Standards Agency. And last time we spoke with him, he was dogged by claims that he'd been slaughtering animals in his back garden, and in a most unforgettable encounter, he kidnapped me at gunpoint. When we received a fax from Mr Roberts, asking if he could appear on this episode, we were reluctant to speak to him again. But he assured us that he has put his past behind him, and he is now running a legitimate business. And it is in the spirit of forgiveness and second chances that I recorded this interview with Mr. Roberts last week. The last time that we spoke on on the podcast, um, yeah, things ended a little bit acrimoniously between us. Um, and to be honest, I was I was quite reluctant to have you back on the right. podcast. But you you got in contact and said that you've got a new business that you you'd like to talk about, and you were quite insistent in in the uh, in the facts you sent. Well, I mean, if you, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Do that's the thing. In the modern day and age, you don't ask, you don't get. I mean, you stitch me up, yes. You make me look like some sort of psychopath on your on your on your uh, your podcast there. But I, I don't bear a grudge. And I felt actually this was a good opportunity to let bygones be bygones, try and try and build some bridges, and and let you come on and talk about your new venture, which I believe you're you're leaving the slaughterhouse passed behind you because obviously you were banned from doing that. What kind of business have you gone into? I mean, have you found a way to sort of move laterally, use your skills, transferable skills somewhere else? Well, this is exactly what I've done, yeah. It's like you've read my mind, to be honest. What are we known for? I'm known for my philanthropy. I'm known for um, my happy good lucky nature. And I'm a family man. Um, you know, I mean, I, I haven't seen my own kids for years and years, but I mean, I am a giver. I thought, how can all Eli give a bit back? You know what I mean? And and uh, as it as luck would have it, within a couple of weeks of, uh, of being shut down and uh, threatened with prosecution, the local butterfly farm, not far from me, uh, went into liquidation. Very fortuitous, really, for me. I mean, timing-wise, you know, the, the serendipity. That's the word I just found out about now, which just sums it up beautifully, serendipity. Um, uh, a, a lucky happenstance. All his uh, butterflies had died, essentially. He claimed it was something to do with pesticides and 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 uh, untreated offal waste and Christ knows what else from my farm. But I mean, uh, you know, I don't have a leg to stand on. So, so hang on, this this butterfly farm you're talking about, yeah. which had to go into liquidation. The person who owned that farm was making claims that the reason all all his butterflies died was because of something you'd done. He said there was various pesticides and uh, you know the very nasty chemicals. Um, they claim they all come from my farm, which is utter nonsense, you know. 
I'm a very, very organic. And I, and I mean old-fashioned organic, not this new stuff now, all these bloody hippies and these people with beards on saying, oh, this is organic this, and oh, try me organic that. I mean organic. Proper organic. Sorry, what, what I mean? What, what, what's the difference between what, what people would think of the, as, as organic, as, as you describe, and what you think is organic? Oh, this bloody arty, farty organic stuff now, you know what I mean? Oh, you all yeah, grew, grew on a farm. It's been grown on a farm where we just had no pesticides. Well, it's bloody rubbish. You're asking for trouble to do. Well, that's the dictionary definition of organic, isn't it? I don't give a monkey what the dictionary says. What are you made of? What am I made of? Carbon. What's that? Do me a favour, right? Go and have a periodic table out of that and familiarise yourself with it. There's nothing new in this world, sunshine, right? Nothing new. 13.7 billion years ago, everything came into existence in the blink of an eye. So, so your argument really is that the the chemicals that you would use, yes, on your property is made of yes. the same molecules and and um... yes, everything is organic. Doesn't matter if it's bloody dynamite or malaria or carbon dioxide fumes or whatever you want. To, everything is organic. So there's nothing on Earth or in, indeed in the universe that isn't organic. Nothing. No. Nothing. How can, how can it be? So let's just let's just go back to to what you were trying to tell me. So, the butterfly farm that that was near your residence next door was yeah, just was just downstream of the old the old Black River we call it. And and the butterfly farm shut down because the butterflies had died, maybe because of something you had done, but maybe not. Let's not dwell on that. No, 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 nothing. And what happened next? The old owner there, Mister Mister De- Mister Davis. Um, we haven't we haven't been the best of neighbours. I mean, you know. Um. I run over his daughter once by mistake, and he never—he's never let it go, you know. But um, I saw this for sale sign was up, liquidation, you know. I got in touch with the auctioneers, and it was a—it was a steal. I mean, for the price, you know. I thought I know what I'll do, and I get like a, like a zoo for the kids, you know. I had a quick look into the prices of like alpacas and stuff, and camels, and Christ knows what else. And... So your idea was to to was to turn it into some kind of uh, wildlife a family experience. entertainment zone, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hands on, hands on. So ducks, ducks, rabbits. Oh Christ, ducks, rabbits, hedgehogs, badgers, uh, anything else I could find. A couple of llamas, uh, a dog with three legs, uh, a cat, various rodents. Yeah, that was it, really. Uh, what else was there? I'm trying to think. A fox. Would you would you would you call it a zoo? I call it a zoo. I call it. I call it. I called it Eli's Organic Zoo. Right. And basically, kids come there with their families, pay like 24 quid to get in, and they can see all these things living in their natural habitat. I said natural, you know, their habitat, like, you know. But um, within, oh, it's just got to be it's a matter of days. They'd all died. Or they'd all, all the animals had passed away. Like um, Every single one of them? Yeah, yeah, all of them gone, yeah. Um, they were drinking from the old Black River, weren't they? I told them I'd stay away from the Black River because that was where I used to... Dump a lot of the, my, my organics from, from the other place, you know. You, you told them not to? Yeah, I got them in, like, got all, all the boys and the girls in. By boys and girls, you mean llamas and ducks and... Yeah, all the lot of them, yeah, I got them in a the big shed there. I said, listen now, stay away from the Black River. Don't drink Black River. But of course, bloody kids being kids, and by kids, I mean young animals, like, they, they were uh, straight down there, like, oh, yeah, he or he or whatever. And uh, slurp, 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 within like, 72 hours tops. Every one of them dead. So then you're just left with a, a an ex-butterfly farm filled with the corpses of various animals. Yeah, a lot of dead rodents and vermin and uh, like I said, a couple, couple of mammals and that. But um, 
But as I said, I said before, I'm a survivor, you know, I'm a survivor. I keep myself up on my bootstraps, like I always have done. No one's ever looked after Oli, you know, Oli Lai is his own school. He looks after himself, and no one's going to look after me, mate. Don't you know about that now? So uh, I thought, right, let's get Oli. First and foremost, I thought, right, what's the animal equivalent of Oli Lai? What's a survivor, right? What just gets the job done? What is prolific? What is just refuses to die, right? And I couldn't afford lobsters. So they're, they're one of the most... Uh, hardy crustaceans of this, you know, as you know that you have a lot of respect for them lobster have, yeah oh, no doubt about it yeah they're fantastic I mean you drop a lobster in boiling water I mean for a, two or three minutes he's given a bloody good fight like you know what I mean and your your point of view is that if if you were dropped into boiling water then you'd also yeah. put up a similar kind of display oh I'd be like a bloody screaming banshee man I would be like a screaming banshee you drop me in like a big uh, what do you call them a banbury drop me in a banbury in boiling water and see what you get you get a bloody, oh, you'll get Eli's Fury right until my last breath. Uh, so, but I couldn't afford lobsters. Uh, second on the wish list, another survivor. Very similar, actually. I cut it a land lobster, scorpion. Ah. I, I read a couple of things about scorpions saying, oh, there's a nuclear war or whatever. They're going to be surviving, you know, and in 65 million years, there'll be scorpions, you know, evolving into the, the dominant species on the earth, you know. You know, you can freeze them, you can free, you can hit them with a hammer, you can stick them in, they found scorpions coming up with their, like nuclear blast traitors and stuff, you know, you can chuck them in the freezer for years on end, you can smash them with a hammer with a brick. When I tried all these things, they are bloody survivors, man. They are survivors. How do you think you would fare after a nuclear blast? Would you Would you survive? Well, there's no doubt about it, is there? you just got to get on with it, you know what I mean? Every morning, oh, my eyes are falling out, i got no face left, get on with it. So you d- you just use a kind of get on with it. What does that mean? In, in a... I've seen the videos. I've seen the videos. I got it all planned. Don't you worry about me. Or you if it all goes tits up. What do you think "get on with it" means in in a post nuclear context? It means get a door right and a mattress. You make a little cubby all in the corner of the room with a mattress and a door on top. You stay there till the worst of it's died down a bit. Get out there. Do a bit of looting. Uh, to be honest with you, I think I'd thrive. I wouldn't just survive, I would thrive. If I was in charge, I'd be smacking that red button, mate. Don't you worry about that. Straight away, bang. I'd launch it, I'd attack my own country. Happily. If I was president or prime minister, I would launch a preemptive strike on my own population. Thereby, you take the enemy, the day the enemy is out of the game, he's gone, he, haven't gone, he can't get you over a barrel, or I'm going to blow you up. Oh, unlucky sunshine. I blow my own people up. And then, who's last? The colonel. And I mean with a K, right? Like in a nut. The R bit in the middle. Us. The survivors. Eli and his boys, right? And we'd march out of that bloody... We'd march out of that bunker proud, like peacocks. More from that big interview later. But first, after the concerning answer phone message that we received last month, this month, we were met with this. Hi, I'm just calling in because um, well, I've just finished listening to the most recent episode. Uh, great stuff as usual, but um, it, it's it's funny really because I I feel like you know I feel a bit like I've been going mad because I think I might have had contact with um, some kind of you know a, like a fish meat. And um, sorry, hold on a second. There's someone at the door. Hold on. Hello. Oh God, no, 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 Jesus Christ, no! Number one, number two, three, four. Bring me number five and I'll show you the floor. 
trust me, me. There no man alive who would taste that shit. Meat number five. You better watch yourself buying your shit from the street. You find the fifth meat, they come back and eat. Three quick shots with the blam, blam, blam. This shit's more dangerous than mint and lamb. I know you're not going to believe it, but I've tasted the fifth meat. Our friends, Margaret and Bobby, were having a dinner party, and one of the guests, Miranda, I think her name was, had brought over a platter of what she called fifth meat meatballs. On the way home, my husband commented that Miranda had this really huge forehead, like her skull was way too big for her skin, but the meatballs were like nothing we'd ever tasted. They had a big cooler with a sign selling humanely raised beef, pork, and, and something else that they wouldn't identify, but they seemed really, really anxious to sell. I was in the meat market over in Lufkin talking to the new guy behind the counter, and he suggested that I pick some of uh, some of this, what he called, fifth meat sausage, and so, you know, I asked him, I was like, what's fifth meat? And he said, you know, don't worry your pretty little head about it. I, I haven't told anybody else this, but I went out one morning and there was some meat sitting out on my porch. I, I don't know where it came from. I just ordered a, a, a meat-faced pizza, and it's got the usual stuff on the, the, the pepperoni and the chicken and the, the ground beef. But uh, there's something else on it, and I, 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 it tastes funny. I don't really know what it is. I can't really identify it. Hi, this is Fred in Chicago. I'm calling about your last episode, about the fifth meet. I, I'm an attorney, and I have a secretary who's from Mexico, and she occasionally brings in homemade meals that her mother makes. I, she brought one in last week, and I asked her what it was. She said something in Spanish, something cinco, something. I didn't know. I took a bite, and it was, it, it was incredible. I, I asked her again. I said, Claudia. What exactly is this? And she turned to me, and it was at that point she told me, what? I'm sorry, hold on one moment. After the animals have been purchased, they are sent off to be slaughtered and made into meat and many other products. As they move along, skilled butchers remove the hides, which are very carefully saved and are later made into leather. Other butchers put the beef into halves. Each half is called a side. The sides are washed with hot water. Everything is kept clean and sanitary. A day or two later, when the meat has been chilled, it may be graded for quality by the meat packers or by a government man. The meat is now ready for market. It is moved to the distant cities and towns in refrigerator trucks. It's hard enough growing up in London City. The place where it always rains, always gritty. It's cold out here on these mean streets. Now you gotta be aware of the fifth meat. 
Ooh. Chops ain't got nothing on these bad boys Is it a bird, is it a plane? Now it's number five Stay away if you really wanna stay alive Cause they'll come and get you, come and get you All they really will And when they do, tell me how you're gonna feel Not great and that's something I can guarantee Consider this my warning for you Don't be mad at me Cause when they come, nobody ever sees it Shoot, shoot, bang, bang, man down, believe it The government won't help, now they don't care Ain't nothing right about that sweet smell in the air Keep your paws off Stick to wrong speech, cause if you don't, your last words will be help me. Uh, ju- just a minute, let me go see who that is. Oh, hang on, maybe this is. There's someone at the door now, maybe it's the pizza man again. Hang on, bear with me. Jeez, it's 11 p.m. Who could be knocking at the door at this hour? Hold on. Uh, give me a minute. Someone's at the door. Um, Hold on. Just a minute. Good Lord. Hold on. Someone's at the door. What? Uh, oh, my God. About six and one half million people work in the producing of meat to turn the livestock raised on over four million farms into nutritious meat for your table. Meat, which once was a sea of grass on the Western Range. If it is you who is playing what we can only assume is some sort of prank, claiming that there is a so-called fifth meat, please stop. It isn't funny and it isn't clever. There is no such thing as a fifth meat. God gave us four meats and they are the palette with which we paint our own meat pictures. Talk of a fifth meat is irresponsible at best and dangerous at worst. If you're listening and no doubt you are, put a sock in it. Back to our big interview with Eli Roberts after this. Why would you listen to a podcast of TV pilots that never got made? It must not have been any good, right? I don't know for a fact that anyone read it. They couldn't get the deal done. It was kind of a regime change. Someone at the studio who was in a decision-making capacity said, these guys seem like losers. They just blamed it on, okay, well, it must be women. We got word that USA had decided to stop doing comedy. Why aren't we making this? It was so good. Here are the TV comedies you never got to see. Dead Pilot Society podcast. Listen on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. You you decided that you, you couldn't afford lobsters. Why didn't you go for the scorpions? Because I, I feel a, a kindred. They're a kindred spirit to me, as I said, right? And I don't want to exploit them. You're talking about a survivor of the animal kingdom. He deserves respect. Okay, so you, you you didn't go for lobsters. You decided against scorpions. What 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 happened next? Well, I thought, funny enough, I was watching the 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 the, the uh, build up of the Rio Olympics, and they were talking about mosquitoes. And I thought to myself, hello, right? This is you're talking low maintenance, prolific breeders, very 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 easy to keep. So I decided to uh, reopen as Mosquito Mayhem. And basically, it's a place you can bring your kids, bring your bloody grandparents, your parents, whatever, right? Come to old Eli's. Eli's world of Mosquito Mayhem. And just just talk me through, you know, imagine 
you've got a family and they're thinking of coming to Mosquito Mayhem. You know, what are they going to experience in that day? Oh, you are in for a roller coaster ride. Honestly, I mean, I cannot stress strongly enough that you'll be on a thrill ride from the moment you arrive. So you pull up in your car, right? I, I say, if you want to get the full experience, shorts and T-shirt, right? Shorts and T-shirt and the kids. You get out of the car and within within a matter of seconds, you'll start getting the full experience. Different types of mosquito and strains of mosquito in different parts of mosquito mayhem. You get out of your car, you're going around the various yeah. zones, different kinds of mosquitoes. You're getting bitten by the sounds of things? Oh, yeah, you'll be, be in lumps within 40 minutes. Now, I know you've had run-ins in the past with um, health and safety in in this country because of well, how you're running your slaughter. Here we go, that's your job. Have, have you had any communication with the authorities about this particular issue? Well, no, for a simple reason. I haven't informed them. What are you going to say? Oh, we've had, we've had reports that there's a mosquito outbreak. Oh, really? What, a mosquito may end? Use your brain. Yeah, there might have been, yeah. Oh, there's various infectious diseases. We've heard there's dengue fever. We've heard there's, you know, there's Zika virus. What the bloody hell do you expect? Of course there is. That's what people are paying top dollar to come for, isn't it? How many people have you had uh, visiting the experience so far? We've got a family from the West Midlands came down by mistake. When you say by mistake, what? Well, they were trying to find um, Oakwood. It's a theme park in Tenby, yeah, and they took, they took a wrong turn in, and uh, they saw a sign, and they popped in. I uh, took a 30 quid off it, and they, they had a walk around the place. They lived it. Lovely family, uh, work, work, a wife and a husband, two kids. They lived it in the Zika Zoo and all that, and uh, Dengue Dungeon. Can, can I get you to do something of a thought experiment? Fire away, yeah. So just uh, think back to when... Um, the space you're using at the moment for Mosquito Mayhem was um, Eli's Organic Zoo. Right, yeah. And and the, the couple of days before that, that finished, where you had the llamas there and you had the dog and the, the ducks and okay. the cat and the, and the, the, yeah. the rodents. And imagine, uh, just remember how that made you feel when you saw children walking around that and, and interacting with the animals. And then compare that in your mind to how you feel or how you felt when, when that family from the West Midlands were walking around Mosquito Mayhem. And can you tell me which of those feelings made you feel more like it was a worthwhile thing to do? The second one. Hands down, yeah. Because the thing is, right, in this life, we got everything too easy. Right? There's no national service anymore. You know, there's no workhouses. Uh, you know, kids aren't going to chimneys or they haven't got to go, you know, so where are we going to get our model fiber from, right? You're not going to get a Euro Disney. You know what I mean? Walking around there with some big burke with a, with a Mickey Mouse hat on. Yeah? So you're saying that who, you're... Who, 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 who won the Second World War? Who won the we Second did. World War? Yeah, we... Yeah, yes. the Allies. Yeah. No, never the bloody Allies. Don't start that again, no. That's... Allies, my foot. We did, Right? We haven't got a bloody Euro Disney. Are we? Coincidence? No. I don't think so. so. You're saying that the fact that Euro Disney... You're saying the fact that Euro Disney's in France tells us yeah. something about the moral nature of... They're weak. Are they? Weak. Morally weak. Physically weak. Mentally weak. Because of Euro Disney. I see that family, that lovely family walking around there, right? 
I, it was like seeing my own kids back in the day when they when they were crying their eyes out about various things, right? And I thought, oh, this this is giving me a tremendous sense of well-being. Because it, just to see him thinking, oh, I can see the one kid looking at his dad thinking, Dad, life's hard. You better believe it, sunshine. Right? He's learned a valuable, valuable life lesson. And the way I look at it, right, you come out of mosquito mayhem, scratching and bleeding and whatever, whatever else you want to have, dengue fever or whatever, right? doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's irrelevant. What will stay with you is that wonderful feeling that Christ's life is hard. Isn't it? Life is a bloody hard thing. And one day we're all going to die. And the very, very best we can all for is that it's going to be quick. Whereas the odds are, I mean, it's going to be horrific. It's going to be a long, drawn-out affair. To, you know, the very, very best you can all for in life you know, is to meet and fall in love and it's all wonderful and you have a great life and you bring up your family and everyone's happy and laughing, dancing through meadows and holding hands and making daisy chains, right? Well, wise up, sunshine. But the best you can hope for is one day your wish is going to die or you're going to die. And she's either going to watch you die or you're going to watch her die. And if you're lucky, it's in bed. Wake up. Smell a coffee, as Americans say, right? That kid comes out of there, out of Mosquito Mayhem and his family the simplest task after that is going to seem wonderful. How long do you spend in Mount Mosquito Mayhem? Two and a half hours he spent, right? The boy was 10 years old. More than that, as a percentage of his life, nothing. The rest of his life is going to seem wonderful compared to that. You know, two and a half hours walking around Malaria Mountain or, you know, the Zika Zoo, getting various infections, and you walk out of that place, when you go for that netting, you think of yourself, oh, thank Christ, that's over. And every day after that, and it might be three or four days, it might, it might be 70 years, it's going to be, feel like a blessing. What would you say, Eli, to people whose philosophy is slightly different? And, and they'd say something along the lines of that childhood is a very special time and that children should be allowed to be children um, and shielded from the harsher realities of, of life because well, they, you've only got here one go. chance to be a child. Here we go. Who said that then? Someone with a beard, I imagine. A beard? You heard. Oh, child, is a special time. You should be allowed to be, oh, wonderful. And they're 18 years of age. Oh, I, I was expecting more than this. Whereas someone who's been through old Eli, you know, couldn't see Mosquito Man as a kid. Years of age, he's working in a slaughterhouse or he's working in a, a knacker's yard, swallowing some caustic soda, right? His lungs are burning up. He thinks, oh, it's not as bad as bloody mosquito mayor, mate. I want to talk to you about, I'm interested as, as to where this has all come from, and I want to talk to you about your own childhood. Mm. My, my dad, God bless him, God bless his soul. He was very much of my philosophy that, you know, the harder you make childhood, the easier you make the rest of your life. And I thank him for it every day in a way, in a strange way. You know, I, I go to bed and there's there's a photograph of my father next to my bed. And I scream at it before I go to bed. Why did you do it? Why, why, why did you ruin my childhood? Oh, I hate you, I hate you. Next morning I wake up with a wonderful feeling of catharsis. You know, so, oh, yes, I'm awake. My dad's dead. And I just feel alive. And that's, I get him to thank for that, you know what I mean? Whereas if I had some sort of pampered childhood, I'd wake up thinking, oh, God, in, oh, in life a drag compared to being a kid. Oh, I missed being a kid. Hey, time's linear. Move forward, right? 
Why do you want to do all the bad stuff first and make everything else feel shit? Do the shit stuff first, make everything else seem nice. Yeah? So would you say that for Eli Roberts, the the best is yet to come? Well, of course it is. Of course it is. Every day, yeah, every day is a blessing. Every day I'm not with my father. And my father's legacy is I, I relish every day. And if I can, if I can impart that on other people, do the shit stuff first. Everything else is gravy. You make a kid, I tell you what, you make a kid happy, you ruin him for life. Thanks to Eli for that wonderful interview. And all the best for the future success of Mosquito Mayhem. Also, network members who visit the attraction and quote the code ORGANIC will get 10% off a family entrance ticket and a free bucket of homemade milk-based mosquito bite lotion. So that's all we've got time for this month. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to the website now where you can read all the usual stuff, including an in-depth scientific report in which we investigate the question, which is cleaner, the average burger restaurant or an anus? So until next time, beef out. A big thanks to Mike Bubbins, and also thanks to network members Sarah Morgan, Tonya Pruitt, Randall Cooper, Jamie Bradley, James Garrison, Nathaniel Metcalf, and Fred Nickel. Also thank you to Rap Wolf and 13 Beats. Thanks also to everyone who came to the first ever Beef and Dairy Live at the London Podcast Festival. Uh, I thought it was great fun. It was a bit of an experiment um, to see how it would work, but I think it worked, and we all had a great time doing it. And um, I'm really pleased that so many people came. So thank you. And also thanks to um, those people who are my guests and who were involved. So that's Josie Long, Mike Wozniak, Tom Crowley and Martin Ostwick, who are all absolutely brilliant. And hopefully I'll be able to release a recording of it or maybe chop it up and and put it in uh, upcoming episodes. So uh, listen out for that. Um, Thank you for listening. Keep leaving your reviews on iTunes. They're really helpful. And if you haven't done so yet, you have no excuse. Goodbye, friend. I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want to sleep over in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. (laughs) I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.